This episode of Getting the Word with Truth's Table is brought to you by IVP. In our frenzied culture, rest often feels elusive, especially for leaders who carry the weight of nonstop responsibility. If your soul longs for replenishment, stay tuned to learn more about Ruth Haley Barton's book, Embracing Rhythms of Work and Rest, and by Truth's Table. If you've been blessed by these daily audio Bible podcast readings, please consider supporting Truth's Table on Patreon at patreon.com slash truthstable. This is IVP. Listening to Get in the Word with Truth's Table. Presented by Innervar City Press. The Daily Audio Bible Podcast, read by Dr. Christina Edmondson and Akemeni Uwan. Let's get in the Word, and may the Word get in us. Open our eyes, that we may behold wonderful things in your Word. Old Testament reading. Esther, chapter 7, through Esther, chapter 8. Esther, chapter 7, beginning at verse 1. The king has Haman executed. So the king and Haman came to dine with Queen Esther. On the second day of the banquet of wine, the king asked Esther, What is your request, Queen Esther? It shall be granted to you. And what is your petition? Ask for up to half of the kingdom, and it shall be done. Queen Esther replied, If I have met with your approval, O king, and if the king is so inclined, grant me my life as my request, and my people as my petition, for we have been sold, both I and my people, to destruction, and to slaughter, and to annihilation. If we had simply been sold as male and female slaves, I would have remained silent for such distress would not have been sufficient for troubling the king. Then King Ahasuerus responded to Queen Esther, Who is this individual? Where is this person to be found who is presumptuous enough to act in this way? Esther replied, The oppressor and enemy is the evil Haman. Then Haman became terrified in the presence of the king and queen. Enraged, the king arose from the banquet of wine and withdrew to the palace garden. Meanwhile, Haman stood to beg Queen Esther for his life, for he realized that the king had now determined a catastrophic end for him. When the king returned from the palace garden to the banquet of wine, Haman was throwing himself down on the couch where Esther was lying. The king exclaimed, Will he also attempt to rape the queen while I am still in the building? As these words left the king's mouth, they covered Haman's face. Harbona, one of the king's eunuchs, said, Indeed, there is the gallows that Haman made for Mordecai, who spoke out on the king's behalf. It stands near Haman's home and is seventy-five feet high. The king said, Hang him on it. So they hanged Haman on the very gallows that he had prepared for Mordecai. The king's rage then abated. Esther, chapter 8, beginning at verse 1. The king acts to protect the Jews. On that same day, King Hasuerus gave the estate of Haman, that adversary of the Jews, to Queen Esther. Now Mordecai had come before the king, for Esther had revealed how he was related to her. The king then removed his signet ring, the very one he had taken back from Haman, and gave it to Mordecai. 
and Esther designated Mordecai to be in charge of Haman's estate. Then Esther again spoke with the king, falling at his feet. She wept and begged him for mercy, that he might nullify the evil of Haman the Agagite and the plot he had intended against the Jews. When the king extended to Esther the gold scepter, she arose and stood before the king. She said, If the king is so inclined, and if I have met with his approval, and if the matter is agreeable to the king, and if I am attractive to him, let an edict be written rescinding those recorded intentions of Haman, the son of Hamadatha, the Agagite, which he wrote in order to destroy the Jews who are throughout all the king's provinces. For how can I watch the calamity that will befall my people? And how can I watch the destruction of my relatives? King Ahasuerus replied to Queen Esther and to Mordecai the Jew, Look, I have already given Haman's estate to Esther, and he has been hanged on the gallows because he took hostile action against the Jews. Now write in the king's name whatever, in your opinion, is appropriate concerning the Jews, and seal it with the king's signet ring. Any decree that is written in the king's name and sealed with the king's signet ring cannot be rescinded. The king's scribes were quickly summoned in the third month, that is, the month of Sivan. On the twenty-third day, they wrote out everything that Mordecai instructed to the Jews and to the satraps and the governors and the officials of the provinces all the way from India to Ethiopia, 127 provinces in all, to each province in its own script and to each people in their own language and to the Jews according to their own script and their own language. Mordecai wrote in the name of King Ahasuerus and sealed it with the king's signet ring. He sent then letters by couriers who rode royal horses that were very swift. The king thereby allowed the Jews who were in every city to assemble and to stand up for themselves to destroy, to kill, and to annihilate any army of whatever people or province that should become their adversaries, including their women and children, and to confiscate their property. This was to take place on a certain day throughout all the provinces of King Ahasuerus, namely on the 13th day of the 12th month, that is, the month of Adar. A copy of the edict was to be presented as law throughout each and every province and made known to all peoples so that the Jews might be prepared on that day to avenge themselves on their enemies. The couriers who were riding the royal horses went forth with the king's edict without delay, and the law was presented in Susa, the citadel as well. Now Mordecai went out from the king's presence in blue and white royal attire with a large golden crown and a purple linen mantle. The city of Susa shouted with joy, for the Jews, there was radiant happiness and joyous honor throughout every province and throughout every city where the king's edict and his law arrived. The Jews experienced happiness and joy, banquets and holidays. Many of the resident peoples pretended to be Jews because the fear of the Jews had overcome them. Psalm chapter 84, beginning at verse 1. For the music director, according to the Gittith style, written by the Korahites, a psalm. How lovely is the place where you live, O Lord of heaven's armies! I desperately want to be in the courts of the Lord's temple. My heart and my entire being shout for joy to the living God. Even the birds find a home there, and the swallow builds a nest where she can protect her young. Near your altars, O Lord of heaven's armies, my King and my God, how blessed are those who live in your temple and praise you continually. Selah. How blessed are those who find their strength in you and long to travel the roads that lead to your temple. As they pass through the Baca Valley, he provides a spring for them. The rain even covers it with pools of water. They are sustained as they travel along. Each one appears before God in Zion. O Lord God of heaven's armies, hear my prayer. Listen, O God of Jacob. Selah. O God, take notice of our shield. Show concern for your chosen king. 
Certainly, spending just one day in your temple courts is better than spending a thousand elsewhere. I would rather stand at the entrance to the temple of my God than live in the tents of the wicked. For the Lord God is our sovereign protector. The Lord bestows favor and honor. He withholds no good thing from those who have integrity. O Lord of heaven's armies, how blessed are those who trust in you. Psalm 148, beginning at verse 1. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the sky. Praise Him in the heavens. Praise Him, all His angels. Praise Him, all His heavenly assembly. Praise Him, O sun and moon. Praise Him, all you shiny stars. Praise Him, O highest heaven, and you waters above the sky. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for He gave the command and they came into existence. He established them so they would endure. He issued a decree that will not be revoked. Praise the Lord from the earth, you sea creatures and all you ocean depths. O fire and hail, snow and clouds, O stormy wind that carries out his orders, you mountains and all you hills, you fruit trees and all you cedars, you animals and all you cattle, you creeping things and birds, you kings of the earth and all you nations, you princes and all you leaders on the earth, you young men and young women, you elderly, along with you children. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted. His majesty extends over the earth and sky. He has made his people victorious and given all his loyal followers reasons to praise the Israelites, the people who are close to him. Praise the Lord. New Testament reading, Colossians chapter 4, verses 2 through 18. Exhortation to pray for the success of Paul's mission. Be devoted to prayer, keeping alert in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray for us too, that God may open a door for the message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may make it known as I should. Conduct yourselves with wisdom toward outsiders, making the most of the opportunities. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you should answer everyone. Personal Greetings and Instructions Tychicus, a dear brother, faithful minister, and fellow slave in the Lord, will tell you all the news about me. I sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are doing, and that he may encourage your hearts. I sent him with Onesimus, the faithful and dear brother, who is one of you. They will tell you about everything here. Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner, sends you greetings, as does Mark, the cousin of Barnabas, about whom you receive instructions. If he comes to you, welcome him. And Jesus, who is called Justice also sends greetings. In terms of Jewish converts, these are the only fellow workers for the kingdom of God, and they have been a comfort to me. Paphras, who is one of you and a slave of Christ, greets you. He is always struggling in prayer on your behalf, so that you may stand mature and fully assured in all the will of God. For I can testify that he has worked hard for you and for those in Laodicea, in Heropolis. Our dear friend Luke, the physician, and Demas greet you. Give my greetings to the brothers and sisters who are in Laodicea and Nympha, and the church that meets in her house. And after you have read this letter, have it read to the church of Laodicea. In turn, read the letter from Laodicea as well, and tell Archippus, see to it that you complete the ministry you received in the Lord. I, Paul, write this greeting by my own hand. Remember my chains. Grace be with you. Revelation chapter 4, beginning at verse 1, the amazing scene in heaven. After these things, I looked, and there was a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice I had heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, Come up here so that I can show you what must happen after these things. Immediately, I was in the spirit, and a throne was standing in heaven with someone seated on it. 
and the one seated on it was like jasper and carnelian in appearance, and a rainbow looking like it was made of emerald encircled the throne. In a circle around the throne were twenty-four other thrones, and seated on those thrones were twenty-four elders. They were dressed in white clothing and had golden crowns on their heads. From the throne came out flashes of lightning and roaring and crashes of thunder. Seven flaming torches, which are the seven spirits of God, were burning in front of the throne, and in front of the throne was something like a sea of glass, like crystal. In the middle of the throne and around the throne were four living creatures full of eyes in front and in back. The first living creature was like a lion, the second creature like an ox, the third creature had a face like a man's, and the fourth creature looked like an eagle flying. Each one of the four living creatures had six wings and was full of eyes all around and inside. They never rest, day or night, saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God, the all-powerful, who was and who is and who is still to come. And whenever the living creatures give glory, honor, and thanks to the one who sits on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders throw themselves to the ground before the one who sits on the throne and worship the one who lives forever and ever. And they offer their crowns before his throne, saying, You are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power, since you created all things, and because of your will, they existed and were created. This is the word of God for the people of God. May God add a blessing to the reading of his word. Let us go boldly to God's throne of grace. King of glory, thank you for your word. Thank you for the ways, O oh God, that you providentially and superintend the details of our lives, O oh God. We see that so clearly in Esther, O oh God, when we see that the gallows that Haman set up for Mordecai were the very gallows that were used instead for him to be killed and Mordecai to be exalted and to be elevated. God, I thank you for the favor that you bestowed on Esther to save her people alive, to speak on behalf of those who are oppressed, her people. She was not willing to let them die while she lived off the spoils and the privileges of the palace of being a queen because of her status. God, I thank you for that courage. Would you raise up leaders full of integrity, full of courage and boldness and compassion for those who are marginalized, oh God. We have a true leadership crisis in our nation, oh God, and I'm praying that you, you are the one, oh God, who raises up one and puts down another. So I'm asking you, oh God, to put down every wicked ruler, every selfish ruler who is only looking out for their own interests and not for the interests of the people. God, I pray that you will remove those wicked rulers and replace them with righteous rulers who love justice, who seek to advocate on behalf of those who are marginalized, who love equity, who love peace, who love reconciliation, who are generous and loving, oh God. I pray that you will raise up these kinds of leaders. And I thank you for the passages, oh God, just about waiting on you, oh God, and trusting in you and knowing that those who look to you, like that you don't withhold any good thing for those who love you, who live for you, who walk uprightly. So would you help us, oh God, not to get weary in the wait? not to get bogged down with dissipation because of perceived delays in our lives, oh God, would you help us to entrust ourselves to you wholeheartedly to know that there is a reward for the righteous. And I thank you, oh God, that we get to experience those blessings on this side, but that also that the crown of life awaits those of us, oh God, who endure until the very end. Lord, thank you for this image in Revelation 4 of the one sitting on the throne, the Lamb of God, the Holy Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, sitting on the throne. 
and the elders casting their crowns before the throne of God, saying, holy, 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 we cannot wait until we get to glory. And we cast our crowns, the crowns of life before your throne, worshiping you day and night. I know in our flesh that is hard to actually believe or even conceive that we will be in a place where there is no sin, there's no limitations. We won't get tired. We won't get weary. We won't be hungry thinking about worship when we're going to eat. We will be totally satisfied and we will have just the ultimate experience of joy and pleasure, unmerited, unmeasured to the full measure beyond what we can even imagine. We will see you face to face, oh God, and we will be reunited with those who have kept faith, loved ones, friends who we have been parted with on this side, those who have kept faith, we will be reunited with them around your throne. Would you help us, oh God, to persevere? Would you help us, oh God, to continue to walk in the light, to walk in the narrow way that leads to life so that we might dwell with you and worship you around your throne and give you the glory that is due to you, oh God. I pray all of this in the mighty and matchless name of Jesus. Amen. The journey to a meaningful Sabbath practice is slow and gradual, and it is a journey we need to take in community. In her book, Embracing Rhythms of Work and Rest, Ruth Haley Barton offers wisdom regarding the rhythms of Sabbath, exploring both weekly Sabbath keeping as well as extended periods of sabbatical time. Sabbath is more than a practice. It is a way of life ordered around God's invitation to regular rhythms of work, rest, and replenishment that will sustain us for the long haul of life and leadership. Get your copy of this book today at ivpress.com. As a listener of this podcast, you can get 30% off plus free U.S. shipping when you use the promo code, the word, that's promo code T-H-E-W-O-R-D at ivpress.com. We pray this time of getting the word with Truth Table has encouraged us all to not only be hearers of God's word, but doers. Share your reflections on these scriptures with us on Twitter and Instagram using the hashtag GetInTheWord and hashtag TruthsTable. Saints, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Go with God. Get in the Word with Truth Table is a production of InterVarsity Press. For 75 years, IVP has created and published resources that deepen lives for Christ to engage the university, church, and the world. Visit ivpress.com for more information. Our Bible reading plan is from BibleStudyTogether.com, and the Bible version is the new English translation used by permission. Sound engineering is from Pottery Studios, and our executive producer is Helen Lee.